Welcome to episode two of Conversations That Don't Suck. We have a really, really good episode this week with Mark Shapiro. Mark is a really fabulous person and really grateful that I got to uh, sit down and have this conversation with him. First, I want to say a really big thank you for all of the love and all of the support on the podcast so far. It's been a really big blessing to be able to put this out and um, feels good. Feels like something I, you know, an idea that was seeded a long time ago. And um, yeah, it's really great to just finally do the damn thing. So thank you all for being here and for listening and for caring about bringing good conversation to the world and for bringing connection to the world. This shit matters and it matters a lot to me. And I uh, am really grateful that you're here and that you're listening. So Today's episode is with Mark Shapiro. Mark is <laughs> Mark is a special person. I think I'm trying to think actually like the first time that I got connected to Mark. I think it was because one of my former coaches, like a mentor of mine um, named Taylor Conroy, he was on Mark's podcast. Uh, Mark has a podcast called People Being Real. And um, yeah, Taylor was guesting on Mark's podcast. And so then I like looked at who Mark was and Mark has this great TED talk, uh, TEDx talk that you should definitely check out, which I talk about briefly um, in the episode. So fun fact about me, one thing that I do whenever I learn about someone new on the internet, the way that I did with Mark. So I like saw his podcast, thought he was, seemed like a really interesting person who was up to really good, important shit in the world. I What I usually do whenever I become introduced to a person like that, like indirectly, I'm not actually introduced to them, I will introduce myself by sending them a video message because I can send a thousand emails to people and no one wants another email in their inbox, but people do get excited by seeing a video and it's much more personal and I can show them my face and my personality and it just feels a lot better. And I started doing this, gosh, I think this was a suggestion from another one of my mentors and past coaches, Libby Crow, who is going to be on the podcast um, later on in like the coming weeks. Um, and Libby told me like, whenever you want to introduce yourself to someone, you send them a video message, like no one wants another email. And it's such incredible advice and I have taken it to heart very seriously. And so I did this with Mark. I sent him a video message and I said, you know, I love what you're up to. And he immediately sent me one back via email. And um, yeah, and that was just like a really sweet way for us to get connected. And then I think it wasn't until later on that I started learning more about Mark's work that I learned that he sends video messages to people on their birthday. Every single one of his Facebook friends, he sends them video messages um, on their birthday every single year. So like, you know, every day he's sending video messages to people to just like send some love in a more personalized way. And so you'll hear a lot more about this from Mark, but it was just kind of a funny, beautiful, serendipitous connection story there. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited for this episode with him. It's full of like so much wisdom and he also just brings so much joy and positivity to this field. And uh, I really appreciate the the work that he has done thus far in, in this world. And you'll hear more about right at the beginning of the episode, some new things that he's up to in the field of, of connection and joy spreading. So we will get into the episode. We'll say once again, if it feels good to you to give a rating and a review and a subscribe on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, then that would mean a lot to me, not because I care all that much about having positive ratings and reviews on these platforms, but because I do care about people being able to uh, become exposed to this podcast and to good conversations and to more meaningful ways that we can all connect with one another. So if that feels good to you, please do that and enjoy the episode with Mark. 
We live in a world that is starved for more authentic connection. Better conversations are our first step in getting there. Welcome to Conversations. We live in a world that is starved for more authentic connection. Better conversations are our first step in getting there. Welcome to Conversations That Don't Suck. I'm your host, Kyla Sokol Ward, and I'm here to engage you in truth-telling discussions about the super deep, always beautiful, sometimes ugly, and wholly honest parts of being a human. Real connection and empathic communication can feel easy and should be a part of our everyday lives. Most of our conversations suck. These ones don't. Hi, Mark. Thanks so much for being here today. Kyla, thank you for having me. I'm a big fan of you and your missions, so (laughs) it's great to be here. Oh my goodness, likewise. Um, yeah, I'm so happy that we could get connected. And one of the one of the many ways that I feel connected to your work is that you love speaking with people over video. And right now, as I'm saying, this is ironic because we're not speaking over video, but um, I'm, I feel deeply connected to that piece of you. And I'm happy that that was one of the ways that we connected with each other and that it led us to being here together today. Totally. Yeah. You shot me, I think, a personalized video message, I don't know, six months to a year ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, I love communicating with people in that way. You really get to, you know, experience more senses of another human and uh, mm. you just bring so much joy. So it was great to connect with you and great to be here. Yes. Thank you so much. Well, so I would love to hear about the things that feel present in your world today and these days in general, and we can flow from there. Sure. Yeah, I feel like the seasons of life are are changing. Definitely on my <laughs> end, it seems like uh, you know it's a big thing for everybody as uh, we enter into a new decade. But for me, like really, like kind of on on a ground level, is uh, I'm launching a new project. I'm launching an app, and it's been something that I've been working on for a year and a half. And it's taken way longer than uh, I would have expected, but that's part <laughs> of the patience and especially getting into something new. I'd never built a tech product before, so learning mm. all sorts of new things. So right now I, I'm kind of in this build mode and uh, I'm so excited. Uh, I'm very fired up about my vision and my passion, which I'll tell you about in a second. But at the same time, there's so much uncertainty and I found myself like really prioritizing the app and putting some other things that I've been working on on the side just to be, you know, super focused and dialed in to give Mm -hmm. the app the best chance uh, of being a huge success. Amazing. Yeah. Tell us about the app. Sure. So uh, it stems from like the personalized videos that you referred to before. So uh, after my dad died three years ago, I realized that I could show more appreciation for the people in my life that I care about. And that's something, you know, from just talking to a lot of people, there's been so many people in our lives and just, you know, if you're sitting, listening, thinking about the different people that have touched you and, you know, sometimes we show a lot of appreciation. Sometimes we let those relationships kind of, you know, grow stale or a little distant. And Mm -hmm. uh, I just, after my dad passed away, I felt so grateful for my time with him. I felt so grateful for all the love that I got after he passed away from my friends and people on social media that in my effort to show more appreciation, I I started this daily ritual where I started sending personalized video messages to all my Facebook friends on their birthdays. And uh, it's been a really beautiful experience. Not only has it allowed me to show more appreciation, but I'm way better at keeping in touch than I ever was with this ritual. And mm-hmm. it really makes me feel better every single day. Just, uh, 
you know, giving a little joy, sharing, sharing a moment, sharing a smile with someone even digitally has uh, really made me feel a lot better uh, about myself and my relationships. And the app is basically taking that concept and the lessons that I've learned and uh, making it available to anyone and everyone, realizing that most people probably don't want to send a personalized video to every one of their Facebook friends. <laughs> but instead, Love Bomb is uh, it's the kindest way to keep in touch. And uh, just a quick overview, it's uh, like a simple three-step process. The first step is to choose who you want to keep in touch with. And uh, believe it or not, most of us don't take the time to really get super clear on who it is that we really care most about. And instead, yeah. you know, we'll be living our lives and maybe the people that will hit us up, we'll spend more time engaging with them or, you know, we'll spend so much time with people that we work with that sometimes we're not crystal clear on who it is that's actually most important to us and like having like those people like stored like in one place. So that's the first thing is choosing who. The second step is to simply send some love. So uh, one of the things that I found in both my own personal, you know, discovery of reaching out to so many people and talking to a lot of others as well is that sometimes we just don't know what to say. Like we'll want to reach out to someone, but yeah. we have no idea what to say to them. So I wanted to make it really quick and easy for people to say something nice to someone. So technically a, a love bomb, which is the name of the app, can be it can be a, a thank you. You can like share a nostalgic memory of the two of you. You can uh, give a compliment or a shout out or like just a simple hello because to connect is to love. So mm -hmm. a lot of fun different ways that you can send messages, whether you want to send a video, a picture, a voice note, a text, or just like an old fashioned phone call and pick up the phone and call them. Um, and then this third step is just to track your kind print. So it's pretty cool. Like our acts of kindness not necessarily the most measurable things, but I really wanted mm -hmm. to build that into the app. So I'm really, really fired up about it. Everyone's going to have their own kind print. They're going to see how many love bombs they've sent. You can set like a, a daily goal if you want to send one to five love bombs. And uh, I'm just, I'm really excited to share this with the world. And I think it's going to really impact uh, a lot of people. And uh, my mission is to uh, co-ignite a billion love bombs. Oh my goodness. Beautiful. That's oh, what a beautiful idea. Like, first of all, there are so many things that come up for me as you're explaining all of this, but I think this whole concept of people saying all the time how bad they are at staying in touch with people. Mm -hmm. And it kind of drives me crazy, more than kind of drives me crazy when people say this. It's like, yeah, I mean, it takes intention and it takes, um, a real amount of like diligence, honestly, when we do live busy lives. And I also have an mm -hmm. issue with that word busy, but yeah, with people needing to be clear about who they want to stay in touch with and why and how they want to do that. And I love yeah. that you're making that so accessible and easy for people because so many people do have the idea that it's hard to stay in touch with people and it's hard to have meaningful relationships. It's hard to connect with people and it yeah, really isn't. Totally. Yeah. totally. I, I want to ask you about uh, just you know, your level of keeping in touch with people you care about. Mm -hmm. But what you just shared just brought up a couple of things for me. Um, one of them is like, there isn't a system that makes it easy for people. So when I look at right. like the loneliness epidemic, I know that's something that you talk a lot about. And mm -hmm. the fact that, you know, that we have social media, like why are people still not great at keeping in touch with right. those that they care about? And there's just not a, a tool or something that makes it really easy, which is kind of ironic because businesses have used CRM customer relationship management tools for years to have a sales pipeline, you know, in terms of managing a relationship to getting it to the point of making a sale. But we don't have that for our personal relationships. 
And then mm-hmm. the other thing that's kind of ironic to me with relationship building is oftentimes it's tied specifically just to our emotions. So if we mm-hmm. feel you know, the need to reach out to someone, maybe we will. Maybe we'll feel the need to reach out to someone and we won't because we don't want to be a burden or don't know what mm-hmm. to say, like I mentioned. But there's so many things out there these days, like a, you know, a headspace for meditation, Fitbit for fitness. And if you look at things like sports, there's all sorts of science that's being applied in sports that helps people like know where to stand on the baseball field when a batter's up. So if the batter hits the ball mm-hmm. in a certain place on the field, most of the time they're going to put a fielder right there because statistically speaking, that is going to you know solve the problem. But with friendships and keeping in touch, you know, we basically rely on our emotions and willpower. And I think the loneliness epidemic shows that there's a major problem and a big opportunity to fix it. So I think kindness is the answer. I think kindness is the way to kind of kind of tighten that gap and really help people stay connected and experience mm. more joy. How does kindness show up in your life? How do you bring it into your world? To me, I look at kindness. So when I think of the idea of kindness, I think we often think of it as like a random act of kindness, doing something mm-hmm. for you know, maybe a homeless person on the street or uh, treating someone nice, a uh, waiter at a restaurant, wait staff or something. But to me, kindness is so much greater than that. It's really, uh, it's a way of life. It's a, it's a way of being. I don't think that there's a cap on how kind you can possibly be. And um, yeah, I think ki- kindness is something that just... Uh, for me, how it shows up in my life is I just aim to always be kind. I, I, I don't I, I don't have any ill will towards towards others. And if I do find myself getting agitated or maybe in a situation that is you know contentious and tense, uh, I do my best to you know to operate from a place of kindness. And um, kindness to me is being helpful, caring, and generous. So. Whenever I go back to those three kind of descriptive words, that helps me either identify more ways that I can be kind or help me realize when maybe I'm not being as kind as I hope to be. That, that's all beautiful. And I think having that um, those three like operative words that you used is so helpful. It's just a basic measurement, honestly, for you to come back to whenever you're thinking about if you're really living out this value that you have in your life. It's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. Kyla, how are you keeping in touch? Uh, Keeping in touch. Yeah, it's been probably a more over the last few years of my life as I've been focusing more on connection as a concept in my life. um, It's been more of a priority. And for me, I think looks has a pretty simple way of just like if I'm thinking of someone, I just tell them. And Mm -hmm. it's funny to me that like that it's, I mean, that isn't revolutionary and to me certainly doesn't seem revolutionary, but I think for a lot of people, like it shocks them when I reach out to them and, um, just someone I haven't spoken to in a really long time. I'll say like, Hey, I just thought of you today and wanted to say, hi, hope things are going great. Hope life is treating you awesomely. Um, or if I think of a random memory, I will reach out to someone. Um, or even last night we were hosting a, an open mic night at my house and I reached out to someone that I met one cool. time like four months ago and we spoke for like 10 minutes. We met at some other open mic night actually. And I said like, hey, surprise, it's me. Don't know if you're busy tonight, but we're hosting an open mic night. If you want to come through, it'd be cool to see you. And um, and this person was like, oh my gosh, it's so funny. I like just thought of you a couple of days ago and I'm so glad you reached out. I can't believe you still have my phone number. And um 
yeah, it's like these little small ways that I think other people find so crazy. And what's crazy about that is that we've now just become so much more self-isolating and Mm -hmm. people sometimes feel that if I want to reach out to someone, then either I'm going to be a burden or they're going to think it's weird. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think the more that, you know, the things that, that I'm doing, the things that you're doing of just reaching out to someone when you're thinking about them just helps to break down that mindset a lot for other people to know that, yeah, if you're thinking of someone, tell them. It's so nice. It's so nice to hear and it's so nice to give. It's beautiful. (laughs) I love that you do that, Kylan. I, I, I feel the like the sincerity behind it. And to be mm-hmm. on the receiving a- end of a, a message like that is incredible. I mean, life is is challenging. So to know that somebody else is thinking of us and has our best interest in mind, like shit, I want to have like, you know, all sorts of people on my team having my back, wanting the best for me, putting mm-hmm. out good vibes to the universe, you know, in support uh, of my well-being. So uh, giving our generous attention and love when we're thinking of someone is such an incredible gift to someone. And the best part yet, it's free, it's unlimited. Mm-hmm. And something that I've learned from sending you know, 8,000 personalized videos to people is just how much people appreciate it. You know, they really, really yeah. appreciate that th- the effort, realizing that most people won't do that. So, um, I know for me, when I started sending personalized videos, I'm guessing it's probably the same for you. Maybe the first couple were a little awkward. Uh, I don't know, maybe not for you because, you know, you're so vibrant. But, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, it was something like like a muscle. Like, and once I built the habit of it, now it's just like a go-to for me where, you know, I'll see whose birthdays it is and I'll have a list of people I want to connect with every day. And I'll just, you know, say hello and wish them a nice day. And, you know, I don't have to ask for every, ask for something every time. I'm Mm -hmm. not expecting anything in return. I'm just like being kind for the sake of being kind because why? Because I can, and because, you know, it feels good for everybody involved. Yes. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned that, like, sometimes it feels kind of awkward. And I think that's a beautiful piece of connection. Like, yeah, sometimes connection is a little awkward and we don't, we're not perfect at this and we're all learning how to connect with one another in the way that feels most meaningful and honest to who we are. And I'll say that a lot of times in like videos or voice messages that I send to people to be like, Mm -hmm. I don't really know what to say to you right now. I just know that I want to send you love and I'm trying to think of the right thing to say. And I know there's not a right thing to say, but I just want to tell you that. And um, yeah, like the other day I sent a- Love the vulnerability there, by the way. Totally. Yeah. And just like, yeah, that like we don't always know what we want to say to people. We just know that we want to tell them we love them in some way that feels profound. And um, yeah, like the other day I sent a video message to these two guys who run this podcast in Israel and I sent them a message and I wanted to speak Hebrew to them. So I start speaking in Hebrew okay. and I, t- I was like, I'm and I told them I was like, I'm so embarrassed right now. I feel like I'm messing up all my words. I don't really know if you can even understand me because my Hebrew is broken and and they responded. They were like, you're adorable. This is so great. Thank you so much for like practicing Hebrew with us. And it's just so simple. It's like, say that you're embarrassed. Say that you feel awkward. It's totally fine. We all feel these things anyway. You might as well say it out loud. 100%. <laughs> yeah. I think another thing that your share kind of brings up for me is the times where I'll be thinking about the potential outcome of reaching out to someone, mm-hmm. which will probably affect like, you know, how do I say it? And are they, you know, am I going to be a burden? Is this person going to want to help me? Is it going to, are they going to be able to receive it? And I think like nine out of 10 times, it's never what I think it's going to be. So all those stories Mm -hmm. that we tell ourselves, 
uh, that hold us back or cause us stress or anxiety, especially socially, that you know the key is most of the times they're not even true. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Totally. And to just acknowledge that, like we, anyone who is practicing anything that's vulnerable, even if it doesn't feel scary and vulnerable to you anymore after you having sent eight thousand Facebook messages, mm-hmm. Facebook videos, it, may, it maybe doesn't feel scary to you anymore, but it's still a vulnerable thing to do. And yeah, even like to just recognize that anyone doing something vulnerable is going to have those thoughts. And so we're not we're not unique in that. I think we like to think that we're unique in our fears and we just pretty much are never unique in that. Sorry. So true. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious if anyone has given you a video message, some other act of kindness that again, like I agree with you, that word feels a little like watered down, but um, something that's like really blown you away and something that's made you reroute the way that you live your life in some way? That is a really, really great question. I mean, I think <laughs> the, the way that I started doing this project in the first place, I think was uh, like a, a random act of kindness where I got, I went, I attended an event in Venice. This is probably like, I don't know, four years ago. And I met someone, and to be honest with you, he kind of rubbed me the wrong way. He was mm-hmm. so extroverted and just kind of like a hustler. And he sent me a personalized video message after that event. And that is like, was so powerful to me. And that's when I realized the power of these messages. Um, and so while I have a you know, different ritual than that guy, um, you know, just a small act of kindness on his behalf is, it was a big, big catalyst as to what started this project. So that that definitely comes to mind. In terms of people sending me personalized videos, I think when you send out a few thousand personalized videos <laughs> a year on people's birthdays, like naturally it's going to come back around. So uh, this past year, I think I got close to 100. Wow. And uh, yeah. And, and I went on like an organized trip last year. So someone on that organized trip uh, got a bunch of videos and made a collection of them and presented them to me. So to watch them all with like music behind it uh, feels so, so good because like most of us, you know, we're out there, we're doing our best and, you know, we hope that we're loved and supported, but we don't get necessarily the acknowledgement or the reflections of others specifically in this kind of like tight uh, Mm. way. So to have 20, 30 or even like 100 people, you know, telling you you know, that they care about you and their favorite thing about you is this, like, those are the types of things that most people never hear in their lifetime and they're spoken at someone's funeral. So yeah. uh, that's, that was super duper powerful for me. And it's a gift that I love to give others. I'll, I'll organize like little birthday video uh, collections. I've done it for uh, some family members and some friends and it's just so powerful. Oh yeah, that is so powerful. How beautiful. Yeah. What about you? Any random acts of kindness or Anything that you've experienced that has really transformed the way that you utilize kindness and give kindness in your life? Yeah, you know, hmm. I think, I mean, you had, you had mentioned my one of my TED Talks earlier in the conversation, and I think that experience, and I'll give like a 10-second synopsis of it, that when I was... Sure. I was living in San Diego at the time and I was deeply, deeply struggling with food and body image. And I was working with this coach who like told me to go like dress up and treat myself to this really luxurious eating experience. And I thought it sounded like the dumbest idea ever, but I did it anyway. And when I was out, these people stopped me and just like showered me with compliments about my hair. 
And at the time, I like really, I had a bad relationship with my hair also. Um, and I just didn't like my hair and I was always fighting with it. And it was like the same relationship I had with my body basically at the time. And um, that moment, even though it was, some people might hear that and be like, oh, it's, you know, it's superficial. They're just talking about your appearance. And sure, okay, they don't know anything about my character. But that moment just reminded me of how powerful um, these small moments of impact can be and how, mm. yeah, how impact can just translate for the rest of our lives. And I'm never going to forget those two people. I would not recognize them if I saw them on the street. But like, <laughs> I'm never, amazing. yeah, like I'm never going to forget what they said to me and how they made me feel. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I think that's something that so many people forget about the impact that we are constantly having on one another, both through positive and negative interactions. Like people don't right. forget about us. And, um, and I think you're right that a lot of times we don't hear these things about one another until we're at a funeral. And I think that, well, I'll go into a different route with this also, but I, that, um, that does drive a lot of this It's like, I don't want my funeral to be the only time that people or anyone's funeral to be the only time that that person hears nice things about themselves or like, doesn't, you know, isn't hearing nice things about themselves until they're, until they're no longer there. Um, but that actually brings up something interesting for me. So, and I'm curious if this ever comes up for you as well, especially having experienced the death of your father. I sometimes struggle with this idea of acts of kindness and them being totally selfless. And I definitely don't doubt your intentions at all. And I sometimes wonder like, are we doing this? I don't know to like try and make some, like to feel important basically while we're alive. I struggle with that a lot. And like knowing if I'm just like trying to feel significant while I'm alive, it's like, we're all going to die anyway. Like, does it matter? And, um, and I think it's like, it's an important thing to think about. And I don't know if that sounds like uh, if it's, uh, if it's too grave, if it's too dark, but it's a thing that I consider a lot. It's like, am I just trying really hard to like be super ambitious about kindness or does any of this matter? I'm Mm -hmm. not sure. Thank you for so much for sharing. Uh, (laughs) That doesn't resonate with me at all. No, I'm just kidding. Definitely <laughs> resonates. Um, in How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale mm. Carnegie classic book, what he states is that what people want more than anything else, uh, especially in terms of like a social dynamic, is to feel important. And so what you said mm. definitely reigns true on that. And you know, when I look at the fundamental things that we want as human beings, you know, we want safety and survival. Uh, we want to definitely have peace and happiness, but we want to have meaning. We want to feel like, you know, we're here for a reason. So to me, I I think your share is so real and it resonates with me. And it's something like I asked myself that same question as to, you know, the intentions behind it. But what my argument would be, Kyla, is that we're going to be doing this anyways, you know, striving to have a Mm -hmm. life of meaning and to you know, have an impact in the people's lives around us, whether it's our coworkers, whether it's, you know, with our family, whether it's with our friends. And as long as your intention is to make the, you know, the world a better place or to make somebody else's life just a little bit better, then to me, that is a, that's a pure intention. Mm. So I think what's on the other side of this is that thought and that kind of reality that anything and everything we do is selfish. Even when we're helping somebody else out, we could, one could argue that that's selfish because the giver actually benefits when they're giving because then they can feel better about themselves. They can think that they're a better person. So even though they're helping somebody else out, you could also argue that they were doing that for selfish reasons. Mm-hmm. So to me, I think that's just kind of the yin and the yang of being a human. Mm-hmm. And 
I think that if we're only looking at it from that perspective as to the, the selfish angle, then I think that there could be you know, some damage on in terms of our self-esteem and the way that we see ourselves. When if we zoom out a little bit and, you know, see that, you know, there's, there's things, some things are selfish, some things are giving and that it's going to be a mixed bag, then uh, I don't think we're going to over identify or suffer on any of the individual components. Oh, yeah. You know, as you're speaking, I'm just, I like didn't realize how tense my body felt as I was saying my little <laughs> spiel there about whether or not it's yeah. okay to, to want to feel significant. Yeah. That's a, that's a yeah. big growth area. I think for me right now is yeah. just, um, allowing myself to want to feel important and that like, yeah, as you said, we all yeah. want to feel important. We all want to feel loved and acknowledged and appreciated and seen. And yep. I'm not out of that equation. So, yep. and if I'm going to do it through like making other people feel nice, it's maybe not the worst thing. You know, it's, I want to give an example of this because I mm-hmm. think it's so relevant for the conversation and just, you know, having a conversation that doesn't suck and, you know, for <laughs> the sake of transparency and being real. So I've sent 8,000 personalized videos to over 3,000 people. Some of these people I have like legitimate, like close relationships with, whether, you know, they're friends and family, whether they're someone I see out socially. Uh, someone I maybe went to grade school with or someone who's completely random. And, you know, some days I'm feeling really good about myself and the videos just flow out of me. And sometimes I'm like really judgmental of myself Mm -hmm. and I'll be challenging myself as to, you know, am I being authentic in this message to, you know, this random person? And then I'll kind of ask myself the question, like, who am I doing this for? You know, am I doing it for them or am I doing it for me? And, Mm -hmm. uh, that is, you know, I think where, you know, self-judgment and generosity kind of comes in. And I think the real truth of the matter, Kyla, going back to my share before is, is it's both. Yes, I'm doing it for the other person just because I can and because like I want to share good vibes and let other people know that whatever their dream is for the year ahead on their birthday, like I hope that it comes true. And you know, I love sharing that message with people. But at the same time, like I also haven't missed a birthday in three years. Hmm. So there, you know, something to be said about my attachment to this daily ritual that I have, as well as to my vision for a more kinder and more connected world through the Love Bomb app. So it really is, uh, it really is a both and. Yeah, I'm curious about your relationships in your life and just how doing this work and how doing your own personal inner work on yourself and being so focused on connection and authenticity, like how that's transformed the relationships in your life, either in quality or in quantity even? Yeah. Well, I find that I connect deeply with people very quickly. And I believe the reason for that is the openness and the vulnerability because Mm -hmm. we're all going through shit. You know, like even when times are good, there's usually something in our lives that isn't being tended to because there's just so much to keep track of, as we all know, as being humans. And I've always been someone that isn't going to just share my highlight reel. And it's because I realize that what connects us most deeply is some of those shared struggles, some of those things that we don't want to air out. And those are the things that isolate us and make us feel alone. So I've always kind of been someone that's been really open and worn my heart on my sleeve and realizing that that has, that is like an amazing vehicle for a connection. Um, in re in reality though, we live in this world where we talk about the weather. That's like mm-hmm. the go-to first question that people have. And 
it's an easy conversation starter. I'm not like totally like mocking that as a question. Sometimes like I'll, you know, I'll talk about the weather <laughs> when I don't know what the hell else to talk to. But whenever we're talking about like pop culture, whenever we're talking about the weather, whenever we're talking about like superficial, non-personal stuff, uh, it is a gateway to connection, but it's a gateway mm. to superficial connection. It's not a gateway to deep, authentic connections. So um, what I think is interesting when you think about something like starting a conversation, talking about a current event or the news, it requires the other person to have to have mm. some external information. You know, they need to know mm-hmm. what movies are in the theaters or they have to like, you know, buy a ticket and go see the latest movie or they have to watch the Sopranos or Game of Thrones to participate in the conversation. When the reality is, if we're just talking about our human experience and maybe a struggle, you don't need any yeah. external information. You got it all already. And uh, I, I'd love to see more, you know, conversations that matter that are like built on like that real juice of like, you know, what of what bonds us and and keeps us together. So that's something that I've always kind of had, I think in terms of uh, giving people acknowledgement and expressing how I feel about others. That's been a muscle that I have flexed over the years, just because I realize how valuable of a gift that is to uh, the recipient, really everyone involved um, with that. But I think what you're also asking me is just about my relationships in general. And uh, I, I'm so grateful to have so many incredible and inspiring people in my life. And I think my current challenge, and it's exactly why I'm building Love Bomb, is mm-hmm. I cast a very wide net uh, with my relationships. And I want to be more intentional. So right now I've got the, you know, the daily ritual of sending the personalized videos to whosever birthday it is. And like I said, some people I'm close with, some people I'm not as close with. Uh, and what Love Bomb is going to be all about is it's going to help me choose five people intentionally uh, that I want to be closer with. And it's going to help me be more intentional about keeping the relationships that matter most to me closer. So that's a big opportunity for growth for me. And it's a, it's a huge reason why I'm building this app because I just know it's going to support me so much as well as anybody else who uses it. Mm, yeah, that's so special. In the app, can you like you choose your five people and then... Can you change your five people after like a month or something? Totally. You can add 100 people. Ah, you can have as many as you want. Yeah. At least in the first version of the app, it'll be free to add as many people as you want. Um, but you essentially choose the frequency at which you want to interact with mm. people. So some people, maybe your closest friends and family, you know, they'll show up, you know, every day or two. Someone, you know, who you want to build a closer relationship with, maybe they'll show up every three to four weeks. Mm. Uh, and then there'll be the people that you know, you want to just touch base with a couple times a year and then there'll be the people who you just, you know, just wishing them a happy birthday is enough or a happy anniversary is enough. I love that. And I love that it teaches people. It's not only giving them the tool for connection, but it's teaching them how to be accountable to their relationships. And it's teaching them how to be intentional about the people with whom they want to be connected most deeply uh, or most frequently. Um, yeah. And I think sure. that's so much of what we're saying is we already have the tools for connection. You know, like we have Facebook, we have mail, we have we emails, whatever, yeah. but yeah, to help totally. people like to train them almost in that, Hey, if you want to be more connected with these five people, you're going to need to do something about it every single day and, or every three weeks, whatever right. you want. Right. And right. yeah. And so giving yeah. them that, that skill set is so valuable. <laughs> I think so. And like, uh, you know, that's why it's called love bomb. Uh, because there's got to be some meaning attached to like reaching out to someone, right? Like mm. just reminding someone like reach out to these people today 
if if there's not like a good incentive for someone to do it, it's just going to be another annoying reminder, more mm-hmm. noise to ignore. So to kind of make it fun and playful and to know that there's a benefit to it is I think is like going to be really the key for what allows this program to work and to get people to come back every day, whether they want to you know, keep a streak alive, they've, you know, they're averaging three love bombs a day and they've been doing it for like, you know, 60 days in a row or five days in a row that, uh, you know, make them feel good about themselves. And ultimately, you know, the relationships will benefit as well. Beautiful. I'm curious how this, um, what you were saying earlier about people being able to connect on their human experience, and that's the easiest and most deep and profound way that we can connect with one another. I'm curious how that's changed the way that you host others. And this is, I'm bringing this up because I do a lot of hosting in my home and in San Francisco, as I'm sure in Venice, there are tons of things going on all the time, tons of social gatherings. And I've become hyper critical of the way that people host and the way that um, people do icebreakers, for instance, like when we're asking people to talk about, oh, share an interesting fact about yourself, like that drives me insane. And and I always want to say like, there's so many better questions to ask people to share and um, better ways for us to connect with what's happening in the room and connect with one another. Um, So I'm curious if that's changed for you, the way that you bring people together the way that you uh, sure. interact with others in other gatherings. Yeah, there's so much I want to say here. I think one of the first things is just about context. And it's something I noticed probably about six months ago when I was at a party. But I think oftentimes the like the host's relationship with the people who are there, like the individual relationships, like really dictates how comfortable people feel and like the type level of conversation they're gonna have once they show up at a party. So I think like for me in particular, like whenever I host people, people know like, you know, who I am and that I like to, you know, be really open. And I find that naturally when I bring people together, people's guards are, are kind of down mm-hmm. because they realize like, okay, Mark is like really open. I'm guessing he's probably friends with other people that are really open. Mm-hmm. And naturally I think like some common bonds are like formed on that regard. Versus like if I go to a party and it's like a bros party, usually my interactions with all the other people are going to be a little bit more superficial mm. just based off of you know the relationship of the host. So that's the first thing. But the second thing in terms of you know significant icebreakers, I always love to like ask people like what's real for them. Mm. And I like to just, you know, like not beat around the bush. And I, to me, that's like a question or something that maybe that's a little less vulnerable. You know, like, what are you most excited about right now? Mm. I think that's a great way to get someone to feel good about themselves and still open up the, the door for connection and for others, you know, to support and stuff. But I also like to share first mm. because, you know, I realize that by sharing first that I can, you know, create the example of what a share could potentially be. So if it's, you know, saying what's what's real for me, Um, you know, I kind of did that right away at the start of the episode talking about launching the app and, you know, kind of diving into the unknown. Um, and so usually I'll share an example like that. And then basically everybody else in the room then has permission to really go there for whatever challenge or thing in their life is real for them. That's so brilliant. Yeah. Making sure that you're the one sharing first so that other people not only feel more comfortable sharing about themselves, but you also kind of give them a frame of like, this is the depth that I'm going into. So you, 
if you wish, you can choose your own adventure. You can also go that deep with me if you want to. Do you know Chris Shembra? No. Who is that? Chris is great. He's got something called the 747 Dinner Series. And he throws these dinner parties in like the corporate environment. He'll get a, a you know, business team to buy a dinner for him and he'll go go in and they'll all cook spaghetti together and they'll sit down at the table at 747 and break bread together. But what's really interesting about these dinner parties is they ask one question and go around the horn and everybody answers this one question and the one question is the same every single time. And the question is, who is one person in your life that you really appreciate, but you don't give perhaps as much credit or praise to them mm. as you would like. And what Chris calls this question is he calls it third party vulnerability. Ooh. And he says that uh, it's something like the average m amount of people who cry when going through this question is like at a dinner of like maybe like 15 to 18 people is like four or five and they don't call the event a success unless two people cry. Ah. You know, it's kind of a joke. But, you know, what's interesting is people, if they're not talking about themselves, they can still get vulnerable if they're talking about somebody else. Mm. So I, I thought that was really interesting and that you get a kick out of it. So Chris is a great guy and doing awesome work. Yeah. Yeah. And what a beautiful way to connect us all on that. Like people, of course, we all have someone who like deeply impacts our life and that, and we can all relate to someone sitting there and crying over someone who they love and appreciate. That's, yeah, that's super smart. What a great way to bring people together. Yeah, um, indeed. Do people ever, when you're getting vulnerable with them or even asking a question, like what feels exciting to you in your life right now? Like, again, it's, it's not a super vulnerable question, but it is very different from how most people ask questions together. Um, do people sure. ever just not want to play your game? And they're just like, I don't really know what you're talking about, Mark. Like, um, nothing's exciting. I'm, I don't really, I don't really get what you're trying to ask me right now. Are people just like not down to have the type of conversation with you sometimes? Yeah, of course. <laughs> we all, I think, you know, I think we can all relate to that in some way, shape or form. And to be honest with you, I have really struggled with that in the past where I'll take it so personally yeah. if I ask someone a question and they're like not really, they're looking past me or maybe like I ask really tough questions a lot of the time and there's it's not always the right time and place. Uh, like I'll give Burning Man as an example. Mm -hmm. Like I'll ask, you know, I'll run into someone and I'll ask them a question about like, you know, like how's your burn or, you know, what's the coolest thing you've seen today? And like the person is just like not there with me. They have mm -hmm. no interest in accessing that information or the question. But the point that I'm making here is that everyone's in their own experience. Yeah. And of course, if someone is like, you know, if, if they're just looking for the bar or if they just want to dance and have a good time, any question that could be asked to them is not what they want. Mm. You know, if it's not a beat, what kind of drink you want, or if it's not, will you dance with me? Then anything that you could potentially ask them is going to be something that they're not going to be interested in. So it's absolutely inevitable that we can ask questions and people don't want to play with us. And like, I've kind of learned not to take it as personally. <laughs> be like, okay, that person's got something else going on in their head. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll have, you know, this conversation sometime later, or maybe I can have this conversation with someone else. I, I'm working on, yeah, also not taking that so personally. There's, I'm thinking of like one person in particular in my life who I run into every so often and I'll always ask him like, what's uh what's exciting in your life these days what's a theme in your life these days and he's every time he's just like i don't really know and like and we just it goes nowhere every single time and yeah. i think i've just learned to be like all right dude like 
cool. Um, I, you know, I hope everything's going well. And just to learn to right. roll with the punches sometimes in these conversations. Yeah. Going back to the sharing first, that's a big piece mm. that I love to do because I find that if I share first, then it gives another person permission to find that place within them and to share as well. I also find that being more specific in my questions mm. helps people connect to what the answer is for them. So maybe what are you most excited about is, you know, is too hard of a question. Yeah. So instead, you know, you, you could be like, you know, what do you got going on this week? Mm-hmm. What are you most excited about? You know, or they've already connected to the things that they have going on or, you know, what projects are you working on right now? Which one are you most excited about? Yeah. Like it's easier than just asking the question, what are you most excited about? Even though I think what are you most excited about is relatively an easy question. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think you're right. Helping people to get more specific, give them something tangible to hold on to and then answer yeah. that question. It's great. All right. Um, amazing. Well, I want to make sure that people have a way of accessing your work and being in touch with you. And after you tell us where we can find more information about you, I want to ask you some uh, like lightning round questions. So please let us Ooh, know. Love that. Yes. Let us know where we can find more information about Mark and the amazing things that you are bringing into the world. Yeah, absolutely. So I, the first thing is depending on uh, when you are listening to this podcast episode, <laughs> the Love Bomb app may or may not be on the app store. So that would be the first thing. Uh, before looking for me online, you know, benefiting your own relationships, downloading the app, I'd say is the first thing. So check it out on the iPhone app store. And then uh, in terms of me personally, Instagram is a great place to start at are you being real is the handle. It's all you know spelled out A-R-E-Y-O-U-B-E-I-N-G-R-E-A-L. Uh, I occasionally post on Instagram. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if this message has resonated with you, let me know. I'd love to, I'd love to hear what resonated with you about it. Uh, believe it or not, uh, most people will listen to an episode like this and not reach out, but mm-hmm. I would love to hear from you. So don't be a stranger. Yes. Don't be a stranger. Beautiful. Okay. So some questions for you here before we close out. Number one, let's do it. <laughs> what is something that you think most people assume about you? I think most people assume that I'm crushing it all the time. Mm. I think that that's something that people assume and I think social media gives off that, you know, off that. And well, I'd say that there's so many different ways to define what crushing it means. You know, the fact that like, you know, I live in Venice, California and I mean, I definitely live a good life, but there's some areas in my life where I feel like I'm crushing it and achieving all my goals. And then there's other areas where I, where I fall short. So Mm. I think the point here is nothing is exactly, you know, how it appears or seems. Yes, absolutely. What is something that you would like to be acknowledged more for in your life? Hmm. It's a really tough question because I feel like I I feel like I get a lot of acknowledgement, mm. but I think something that I'd I'd like to be acknowledged for is my heart and my commitment to to I guess kind of doing the impossible. Mm. Um, you know, oftentimes you know my work is tied to authenticity and accountability and habit formation, and these are things that people really resist. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's something that I struggle with. Um, so I think that that's something that uh, I'd appreciate being acknowledged more for is just like going for the, going for the impossible just because I think it'd make a positive difference in the world. 
Hell yeah. Who in your life considers you a role model and why? I think more people than I lead myself to believe. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, a lot of people who get the the TEDx talks from me, people who've listened to my podcast and see the vulnerability. So sometimes I, you know, question my own self worth uh, when I, when I think that the the example and even saying this out loud is really challenging for me. But uh, I, I think that I, I definitely consider myself to be a good ro- good role model, and I think ultimately at the end of the day, it reflects back on me when I look in the mirror every day because uh, I think I do a really effective job at living my values. And last question, and I'm very excited to hear your answer on this. What is your favorite question to ask other people to help you to get to know them? That's another great question, and <laughs> to me, it, it depends. I don't. I, what I found, I was really like looking for one question in my podcast. Are you being real about like, you know, what would really get to the root mm. of, of of who someone was? And the reality is, like, we're all so different. A different question at a different time can really hit anybody. Mm. So. One of the questions that I love to ask when someone's telling a story is throughout the process, like, what were you telling yourself at the time? Mm. So to me, you know, there, there's the external stories that we tell each other, and then we've got the internal dialogue as well. And oftentimes it's that internal dialogue that might not be aired as much, and that can be really loud, and maybe it's... It's like a negative voice. And I think that's part of what creates the isolation between us, which can fuel loneliness and et cetera, et cetera. So that is a question, you know, what, what, what was the story you were telling yourself at the time? And that can be even like a question now, like someone like says what they're going on. It's like, well, what, you know, what, what is the story, you know, you're constantly telling yourself as to like what you think is going to happen. Wow. Oh, that is a juicy one. Oh my gosh. I'm going to, I'm definitely utilizing that one. That is beautiful. Yeah. Go for it. (laughs) Yeah. Trying to, trying to bring the private conversation uh, out. Yes. Oh, amazing. Well, Mark, thank you so much for being here and for sharing yourself and for being such a beautiful listener and for bringing so much wisdom to this conversation. It's like really such a joy to be able to dive a little bit deeper with you and to hear about the things that have influenced your life and how you are living out those values like in a really real way. It's really special. Kyla, thank you so much. It's a, it's an honor to be on this journey with you. Thank you for being just a bad acider to life and uh, really being a, a beautiful, true example. Thank you for all the amazing work you do. This has been a joy and an honor. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mark. So there you have it, everyone. That is the episode with Mark Shapiro. Thank you so much for listening. If you've made it this far, I love you so much. I have so much appreciation for all of you who are taking time out of your day, out of your commute, out of your free time to listen to this. It really means so much to me. So again, rating, review, subscribe on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts means a lot to me. And I will see you next week with the next episode. Much love.